Episode 305, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 6, Episode 7, Told Ya. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome back to Welcome to Level 7. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here because I like to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is what this podcast is about, so I guess I'm in the right place. Also in the right place is someone else who likes to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that would be Agent Stewart. I am also in the right place. You are. It's hot here. You are. It's hot here as well, and I turn off the air conditioner for the uh, benefit of our listeners, uh, but not for the benefit of... (laughs) me (laughs) all of the same things you just said i am saying too yeah yeah it's it's that time of year again when we're gonna have like two weeks of really hot and then it's gonna settle down again yeah well you know that's that's just the way that's the way it goes and Mm -hmm. i can i can handle an hour of this if i get to talk about agents of shield yeah so can i yeah so uh let's Talk about <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> All right. Let's Very talk good. about this. Let's talk about this episode. Let's talk about my big complaint about this episode. Oh, great. Yes. We're going to start right there because it's the <laughs> cool open. To, is this one of those where I take the headphones off and 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 just like go get go a Go do laundry or yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the cold open has we start out on Kitson in the bar. Fitzsimmons and Enoch arrive with the Tron deadly discs uh, Mm -hmm. matter mover. And then a guy picks it up, uses it. And so he ends up accidentally going across the galaxy somewhere and they're stranded. And I'm watching this and I'm just thinking this would have been such a just much better tag scene than the tag scene last episode that we got, which was Mac telling Daisy that the people who destroyed Chronicom are here. And this would have been a much better. They get out, they're doing all the stuff and then they end up on they're back in the bar in Kitson and then they're stranded that I, I really, really wonder if this scene was originally going to be the tag scene for that one, for that episode. It, it does feel much more of a tag scene than it feels like a, uh, like a cold open. Although it does work as a cold open for sure. It does work. I, I just, it's, I guess in my mind, like that's a great cliffhanger. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, cause the tag scenes, sometimes it's to be a joke and sometimes it's to be, you know, just what else is going on in the world somewhere. Uh, but Movie oftentimes the next, it, yeah. it's, yeah, it's used to say what's coming next. What's and then the, and yeah. then the cold open is not what you thought. <laughs> yeah. Of the next episode. You want to know my big complaint about this episode? Yeah, sure. Um this is a great place to start. Kitson with uh, at Kitson City powered by Mr. Kitson. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. <laughs> Planet Kitson? Well, at Kitson City. He's probably at the Kitson Bar. 
which is probably all monikered. Well, it's the kids in bar and grill, but you know, oh, it's you're, the kids you're, you're, you're close enough. <laughs> um, no, I, I actually, I can go with that because it's, it's, it's a settler's town, you know, and Kitson settled the planet. Kitson started the, the town. Kitson built it up. Um, he started, I mean, we'll get to it, but if I, I can find it in my notes here. Yeah. My grandfather came here with 20 Euclidean slaves and a dream. And, <laughs> and then later, so that's later. I like how he's like, and he had them build the stuff. It's like he didn't build it. He made right, them. Right. It. He had them build <laughs> with their, it with their own hands. You know? and, yeah, <laughs> that was a good that was very well written. It was. And and so I'm 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 with I'm with Kitson. I mean, and uh, it's Anthony Michael Hall, right? That's who's yeah, playing. It was Anthony Michael Hall. Kitson. And uh, I he I, I liked him. He was just the right amount of. um. I'm threatening not because I'm threatening. I'm threatening because I inherited power to be threatening <laughs> and, and he wields it well, even though, you know, you meet him on any other planet. He's, he's not going to you know intimidate you, but is this the first time we've ever seen him in the MCU? Yes. Like I, okay. Pretty sure. I don't remember seeing him before. And I remember them actually saying they had, they had cast, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Maybe that's what for the season. Yeah, they they told that was that was upfront and and part of uh, some of the promotional materials uh, was that they had they had cast him as something. But you know, you don't cast Anthony Michael Hall to have him be in one scene in one episode. Yeah, you you cast him to be in three scenes in one episode. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really curious. Like what. Is that yeah. it for him? I mean, I, it really it could be it for him. Uh, really? You think they're going to cast Anthony Michael Hall? I mean, he's not the biggest star ever, but he certainly ran his own show. I mean, he was the what was it? D- Dead Zone. Dead Zone. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's a nobody. Yeah. I you know, the Dead Zone movie uh, and the book itself are are some favorites of mine. I really, really like that book. I really like the movie. Um, do you want to know how much of the Dead Zone TV series I saw? I'm going to guess zero. No, no. I saw 10 minutes of it on a TV in a restaurant once when I was eating dinner by myself. That's that's how much of this, the TV series that I've seen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how about Weird Science? You ever seen Weird Science? I have seen Weird Science uh, once. Yeah. And yeah. what else has Anthony Michael Hall been in? Uh, Breakfast Club, right? Yeah, Breakfast Club. I was going to say he's he's a Brat Pack. Guy. Yeah, okay. So yeah. Breakfast Club. You don't cast one of the Breakfast Club stars. <laughs> well, well, I, maybe you do. So so there's no other cities on K- planet Kitson, right? There might be, but it's like <laughs> I'm guessing it's Kitsenburg <laughs> and New Kitson and Kitson City. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or maybe not. I, I, you get the impression that the planet itself before when they were talking about it, like it's just got this reputation that it was just this highly populated boomtown kind of thing. And, right. and it turns out it actually is kind of a boomtown kind of a thing. But it, it's still like it's well, still the early stages of the boomtown. It's not Los Angeles yet. In, yeah, right. What it's falling into is the – um is the 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 science fiction trope of 
monoculture. Yeah. Yeah. Planet, right? And and mono environment. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 the planet has to be bigger than that. <laughs> but it's but it, but to do that you have to open the whole world up and you don't have time for that. So well, Planet I, Kitson. I, I think the, the planet is bigger than that, but I think that the planet is just it's a planet known for that city. And that the rest so, of the planet is uninhabited. Or maybe it has, you know, you know, basically, you know, the the MCU space version of 49ers who are out there right. trying to strike it rich and then come into the boomtown kitson. Do they get their brains sucked away by some evil aliens? Sure. Or okay. they get their heads chopped off. So <laughs> that was a Star Trek reference. It was poor, but it was there. Okay. I, I didn't I didn't catch that one though, I'm sorry. It's fine. I do apologize. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, let's go with the episode. The episode uh, has Sarge's team. They, they bring him in and mm-hmm. they are all – everyone in, in the lighthouse is reacting to Coulson's face. And Sky Daisy can't even handle it. She's She has to leave. And so here's Sarge. He is the man with the plan, just like Coulson was. He is large and in charge, that man, Sarge. He <laughs> is – even when he's powerless, he is not powerless. And no, because he uses his powers of words. And he uses his coulson powers for evil, mm-hmm. not for good. That's true. Uh, well, he would say it's for good, but he uses them good in an the evil way. Uh yeah. He uses them in a way that is anti our team. I don't know if it's – I mean, yeah, killing randos is kind of evil. But then what happens later in the episode really justifies his – Well, that's the thing. is he, method. Well, it doesn't necessarily justify – it doesn't necessarily justify the methods. But it definitely makes them understandable and makes us understand why he feels they're justified. He's there to – okay. He, he's there okay. to eradicate something terrible and he doesn't have any value. Uh, life has no value in his, in his thinking because they're all going to die anyway. So if I stop something from killing everybody and I have to kill a couple people to do it, it's okay because of the math, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one or the few. That is a Star Trek reference that, that I did understand. Yeah, but his and, and they have this episode, you know, was it season two? I think where they were doing the math of what's acceptable losses, and when when they were going to the city, the the uh, inhuman city uh, in Puerto Rico, I think, and they're doing the math: what's acceptable losses, and for Coulson, acceptable losses zero, zero, for mm. uh, for Sarge, acceptable losses are. I won't lose my team. I don't want to lose my team, um, but it's okay if I do. And my truck. And yeah, I want my truck. And but the acceptable losses are okay if I kill a few random people to save a bunch more random people, then I've done something right. The thing I'm curious now, about is what is actually pushing him to be motivated to do this. I'm sure his planet got destroyed. Yeah, but why does he care? You know, if he doesn't value life, you know, is this just a strictly math, a math game? And when I say strictly a math game, I mean, 
his his value of life is numbers, whereas Colson's value of life is all all life. I want to save all life. Well, what's interesting is um, Thanos's value of life oh, yeah. was numbers too. Yeah, you know, Thanos said. Look, the whole there's a finite number of resources, and they're all going to die. I mean, sooner or later, we're going to use them all up, and then we're all going to die. If we eliminate half, we're not going to use the resources in time. I mean, when you say it like that, you can take away the feeling out of it, and you can almost understand the the math behind it. Exactly, and that's why – what I yeah, – Yeah, we can understand Sarge, I think, but I need to know more. And I'm, I'm. I need to know his motivation, not right. the motivation that we're putting on him. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but here's the other thing that's but going on. But they're not going to tell us that. Yeah. Well, not yet. But here's the other thing that's going on with Sarge is, by the end of Act One, he has said to Mac that by the end of the day, I will be the one in charge. Mm-hmm. And it's not an empty threat. But it's not even a threat either. No, it's, it's a promise. Not like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a promise. It's not like he's going, okay, I, I'm going to take everything from you. I'm going to stomp you to the ground. No, it's just it, I know more than you do about this situation, and I am willing to make the tough calls about this situation, yeah. and you're not. He says, everyone's looking at me, and I'm going to be in charge. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that's going on is you got Jacko. Jocko, Jacko. Yeah, that was weird. It was. And I, I, uh, I see it now after it's played out, but it did not feel like, let's say it didn't feel like Chekhov's fire breath. You know, it just, <laughs> it was, he's just pretending to be sick or he may not even be pretending to be sick. He's just looking sick as he is gulping air and kind of I don't know if he's just working himself up to breathe the fire. And you know, he's he's doing the cough thing. He's and, and they think that he can't survive, that he needs to do a treatment that, and that they can help him with whatever it is that he's dealing with. And so, yeah, is he pretending to be sick and got the, he's got them concerned about it or is he? prepping his lungs you know with like this it's almost like stretching the muscles or whatever to get ready to finally breathe that fire have we noticed have we i can't remember so forgive me have have we been told or or hinted at that this breathing fire was a thing that he could do because i'm sitting there watching the episode do to do to do oh he's Breathing, breathing fire. fire yeah <laughs> no no i mean the setup the setup was that he had to have breathing treatments from the truck and okay i mean and he wasn't doing too yeah. well uh and it was almost it wasn't almost too late but it was you know he needed that treatment when we when we actually saw him do it it had been a little bit too long for him and he had to get that treatment and he had to breathe yeah he had to breathe atmosphere from his planet I want to know what his planet is. Is it just called Draconis? I don't know. I don't know. The other question is, you know, he's a baker. So <laughs> right. like, is he using so his he breath just... to you know <laughs> bake that bread? And... <laughs> and his whole family was bakers too. So they were like, hey, go bake the 
bake the bread. I don't want it this time. You do it. No, you go do your crazy, weird coffee breathing, and then you go and you breathe that fire on that bread and make it rise. And make it rise well, son. Make it rise well. Uh, Do you think they have like a brick oven? <laughs> Maybe. They're all just like standing around it, breathing into it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's doing the dough? Who's kneading the I was breathing on the fire this time. But as far as backstories go, that was not the backstory I was expecting for, for this guy. No. And, and it's almost... I mean, we're joking about it, but it's kind of incongruous, right? It doesn't – they don't necessarily line up. So here's a guy who's a baker, but he can also breathe fire. That th- Those two things don't typically go together. Um, I would be interested <laughs> to see if Does breathing fire can... typically go with anything? Well, yeah. <laughs> if you're a dragon hoarding a, a massive pile of gold and there's a couple of hobbits walking up to you, that typically goes together, right? Humans don't typically breathe fire unless you're in the circus. Or if you're some sort of superpowered being or superpowered right. individual. But And human – oh, man. I Okay, I apologize for my previous statement. That was a little specious. Yeah, because we don't, he's not a human. He, he may not be human at all. No. We, we thought I, – I thought they were all from different Earths. I did too. And and that theory has been kicked in the butt, shoved in the closet, and humiliated. But it's not necessarily wrong, I guess. Because what if what if the fire was some sort of like chemical reaction? Because we have people on this planet who can, you know, spit fire. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well so and, they, and we had uh what in the first season we had the fire guy. I don't remember, remember that episode, but no, the, the it might have been the the girl in the flower dress episode where we first see her. But you had the guy Maybe. in China who was the street performer creating fire and right. it looked like it was an illusion. And it turns out, no, he's actually doing the thing. Oh, I do remember that episode. Yeah. Vaguely. But I mean, so so we do have real world examples of humans breathing fire. So I kind of thought, well, maybe what if he like drank this concoction that made him breathe fire and it made him sick a little bit, but then he could also control the fire breathing. But typically those, the street performer people start with fire. <laughs> the fire doesn't come from inside of them and come out. They have no, fire. No. They swallow the fire. Then they breathe the fire. I mean, what, what's going on with Jack? I don't know, but it was a surprise and it was part of the plan. Sarge's plan. He was going to get rescued. And when he didn't, it didn't matter because. Right. He was just, I'm going to be in charge by the end of this episode. I, I like how I like how Mac was like, he thought that door was going to get burned down, didn't you? Oh, I guess that didn't happen, did it? Didn't have to. I guess the other thing going on in act one is then Enoch trying to get them out of the uh, gambling establishment, but the guards come and take them anyway. (laughs) Uh, So they get taken to Mr. Kitson. This is where he gives his backstory about his grandfather and the 20 slaves and a dream. Um, And they try to talk their way out of it. There is no talking their way out of it. He's going to kill them. 
<laughs> he's going to kill the Terrans and Enoch will be sent to the brothels. To which Enoch replies, yeah. I do not know how I'm feeling. <laughs> and I, yeah, great, great scene, great line. And mm-hmm. they're put into a game, hold their own guillotine, 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 yeah, blade by the, by the chain uh, until they drop it and it cuts off their own head. And then the other two win. Now, this, okay. Wouldn't it be the other one? Wouldn't like it be a test of strength between three people and the last one standing wins? Well, it's not a test of strength. It's a it's a game of chance. The people around them are gambling to see who is the one that's going to die. So they are betting on who is going mm. to die, and then the other two get to survive. I see it. I just I, I, it felt a little like we have to come up with a way to keep both of them alive. Which is yeah, maybe. totally fine. I, totally fine. It just if I was if I were to make this game of beheading, <laughs> I would I would be wanting to bet on the person to survive. If if you were making this game of beheading ab- <laughs> uh, about the players, then yes, it would be who which one of you is going to survive, who is going to win. Like and, a gladi- like a gladiator type thing. Right, right. But yeah, he's made it, you know, place your bets. Who's going to die? And right. yeah, I, that's that's the way it's set up anyway. The, the rules, the rules on Kitson follow no logical sense. And just like the naming <laughs> convention. It, well, there is some truth. there. I mean, I don't that the other game that Fitz was in earlier. I don't see how that's a sustainable game to run in your establishment if you are going to kill the losers for doing the wrong card. Right. You know, I mean, you're going to run out of players quick. You might get their money, yeah. but you're going to run out of players. Well, I think that's the idea, right? So Kitson is a place where anybody can go make their fortune. Um, but everybody's going to die sooner or later, but that doesn't <laughs> matter because the house always wins. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, so I guess we're going to leave them there like that unless we want to keep going in space. No, I, I'm following you, Ben. Okay, well, let's keep going in space then because how do they get out of this? A woman who was trying to recruit the third player in this game. She was talking to him in the cold open about joining her crew, and he's like, I'm not much for a crew. Yeah, yeah and, and now he ends up in this game. Well, she comes – puts a knife to Kitson's back and says she wants the Terrans and she'll pay for them. Yeah. This reminds me of my favorite Disney movie. (laughs) Okay. And that is. Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. When, 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 uh, the bear, (laughs) little John puts Mm -hmm. the knife in Prince John's back. Now let my body go. (laughs) That's a great movie. That is the best Disney movie. It, it it deserves it deserves more than it gets as far as like you it got a you got a Disney princess in there that doesn't get any respect mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. Disney princess and mm-hmm. and yeah the anthropomorphic animals are perfect. It's, it's a wonderful movie. Great double feature with Sword in the Stone. True, very true. So anyway, that's how they get out of it. 
is someone comes and recruits them and not only recruits them, recruits them for a mission to earth. Go back to earth. Yeah. So that's the reason she recruits them is because they're from earth and they're going to help her get her ship so that they can all go to earth. And, and, and what I'm, what I'm thinking, I'm just going to put this out there is I think she's the bringer of the Shrike. Oh, she's the god that's coming. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because she says she is going to go to a world where something has been taken from her. Mm-hmm. So the Shrike have been taken I from should, her? I, well, I don't know. I'm sure they'll come up with some way to justify it. But I think she's the 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 creator of the Shrike, the guy, the person that that Sarge is waiting for and warning about. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Well, she's on her way to earth with Fitz and Simmons. So we know that. Right. Which is why, I mean, to have one more person show up at earth, it's almost like she's Chekhov's strike bearer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'd be, uh, you know, if that were to happen, I'd be much more accepting of the coincidence of the situation. I figured there'd mm-hmm. be something nefarious about what she's doing, but I didn't go that far in my thinking. So I guess huh. we'll just have well, to wait and see. Wait and see. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the last space thing that happens is Enoch leaves. Which and is sad. Yeah, it is. Like, I, I liked him. He was a good addition to the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see where they possibly thought maybe they'd done as much as they could with him. Uh, but he gives he gives Fitz a uh, a Captain Marvel pager and says, mm-hmm. only use it when you absolutely have to. And. Yeah, so now Fitz can call upon Enoch if he ever needs to. But only when he's about to get dusted. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so that's that's space. So going back to Earth, then we get some Deke shenanigans. That's Deke. exactly the only way to describe what yeah. Deke is doing. <laughs> he flirts with Sky, of course he does, um, and he also then confronts Mac because apparently <laughs> Deke knew Coulson was dead, but Deke did not know that Fitz had died. And so going back to the last episode where they were talking where or, or Simmons and Fitz were talking about, you know, the revelation of information that that Simmons needed to give to Fitz here, you have uh, another situation like that where they didn't tell him that Fitz had died because there was another Fitz still out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, I'm having a little bit of a are they dead? No, okay, no, he's not dead. Are they married? No, no, he they didn't this this fits and that Gemma didn't get married. They're engaged but they now. They did get married. Hey. <laughs> Good. Yeah. But then so it's like it's like when you're um time traveling and I mean cuz this happens all the time when you're time traveling and you have double memories. Yeah. Doesn't that ever happen to you? I I work really hard to avoid that. <laughs> I, I really try not to go to places where my, my memories are going to get doubled up. And yeah, just, I mean, it's 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 rough. It is. It's, it's rough. hard. 
but but it can be done. It can be done. Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. It's the same thing for Deke as it was for Fitz in a different situation, though, where Fitz had issue with Simmons not telling him everything. But part of that was because he also did not get to experience all the stuff. You know, he didn't get to get married to Simmons and have a married life with her. And mm-hmm. he didn't get to have, you know, the experience of you know, saving the world from from Quake and or the Quake or whatever. Um, he didn't get to have all of that because he's a different Fitz. And yeah, Deke, and that's a thing that I got to remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then for Deke, the thing is the man he first met – the man that he had time with, the man that he made memories with, and the man that he first identified as his grandfather is dead. Mm-hmm. This other Fitz never met Deke. And that was the punchline in, in the last episode was, oh, and you've got a grandson. Mm-hmm. You know? And so they that was dirty of them to not tell them that that Fitz was yeah. dead. That that was dirty of them, yeah. and it was an oversight, you know. So I'm I'm not saying that they were purposefully, you know, dirty to him, but I would be mad too. And and then for Deke, it comes down to well, I wish you would have told me there was another Fitz out there because I would have helped you. And then Max says he he promises well, I'll let you help us find him, and then he puts Deke to work on on some of the alien tech. Mm-hmm. But this is like like last episode where we talked about how you know it's it's soap opera stuff, um, but it's sci fi soap opera stuff, so it's cooler. Uh, <laughs> you know, you didn't tell me my grandfather was dead, and then you didn't tell me I could go find my other same grandfather. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, um, I I think this is kind of circling the drain um i think they're 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 backing themselves into a corner very very hard and i'm not sure how they're going to get out of it well what corner are you talking about because there is another corner that does get brought up in this actually this conversation here all right so what corner are you talking about i'm talking about the metaphorical corner that is similar to jumping sharks oh okay the tell yeah I mean, I, I'm I have faith in the writers that sooner or later they're going to give us a complete story. Um, I'm just worried that the that the gas is running out of the big semi truck. Mm. Yeah, I'm not feeling that. I, no, I'm well, not good. No, uh, and I actually might have two episodes ago been feeling a little bit of that, but right now I'm feeling okay. They're finally giving us answers. They're finally pushing things forward. Um, and we've got some big changes happen in this episode. The end of this episode turns things upside down. Now, it may not last very long, but mm-hmm. it creates a really interesting conundrum for our protagonists. How are they going to deal with the Shrike? How are they going to deal with Sarge? And and how are they going to deal with um, all the things that come up from Sarge being there and taking charge in his way? Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's going to come down to Mac will take charge, take charge back his way, you know, doing things his way. But which um, way is his way? 
I don't know, but he doesn't know yet either. And he's going to have to learn that. And so he, he can't be Coulson because he's not Coulson, but he won't be able to get Sarge out of the way until, until he's able to figure out who he is. Until he throws a rock at the uh, other guy's head. Princess, Princess Bride. Oh, Wow, I'm just not yeah. not doing these well tonight. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I wasn't sure where that was going. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um. So we we do have a a good Mac being Coulson moment, where Mac steps out of the out of the shadows into the light, and says something dramatically interrupting a conversation that someone else is having. And so he's, he, he does the dramatic, dramatic coming out of the darkness into the light that Coulson was mm-hmm. so good at and, and did a, a handful of times. Um, but that's where he, he gets, you know, his, his moment with Sarge and they're back, to, back and forth. And that's also where Mac, talks about the difference between Coulson and Sarge and that's that Coulson had a value for life which that's important it's good good to have mm-hmm. let's see what happens next here on earth Deke gets the trackers to work and they find two Shrike and they're going to capture them not kill them <laughs> and then <laughs> at, right after that is when Khan goes in to talk to Jacko and the dude starts breathing fire at him yeah <laughs> yeah that yep. was <laughs> and that's where that happens i like to, i like the guy's response though he's breathing fire <laughs> i don't know he's just doing it yeah how do you explain that in like 10 seconds you know if if they want more information if they can't accept the original statement of he's breathing fire <laughs> there is right. nothing else that you're gonna be able to say in time for the fire to stop getting breathed at you. Like you right. are going to die if you have to explain too much more. Okay. So here's, I think the life lesson in this is if somebody calls you on a radio or a cell phone or, or something, it's a, it's a very direct piece of or, information. Yeah, just, even just from the other room. Yeah. yeah. He's breathing fire. That's a like drop everything and run to figure out what is going on. Yeah. Just go, just go find out. Don't ask them to explain it so you can find out before you <laughs> right. go. Go right. and find out, and then they can explain it if more explaining is needed. But if you walk into a room and a man is truly just breathing fire, I think at that point the explanation is done. You don't need explanation. You just need no. to get your friend or loved one out of there. Or even even if you hate them, get them out of there. They don't deserve to be burned alive by someone breathing fire. No, they do not. Um, and if you are being breathed fire upon, you just run. Just run. Don't ask any questions. Just I know run. how I know how he started breathing fire. He how? ate one of those spicy chicken sandwiches <laughs> from Dairy Queen. That's right. You remember those commercials? I do. I had a friend who worked on those commercials. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what he did, but he was a part of the crew. So. I I have had lots of spicy chicken sandwiches because of those commercials. <laughs> But you yeah. haven't breathed fire, have you? No, never no. breathed fire. But I also ate a blizzard right after that. So maybe that, you know, balanced it. It does. I, milk is actually one of the better ways to help get rid of a spicy 
burning mm-hmm. sensation in your mouth. So mm-hmm. just throwing that out there for you. Uh, Maybe if this guy had had a glass of milk, he wouldn't be breathing fire. Yeah, it's true. Maybe that's all he needed was a nice, warm cup of milk. Uh, okay, so Mac goes in to talk to Sarge, or Sarge is brought to him, rather. Um, and they start talking to each other while we also have our teams who went out. And it was so easy that you knew something was going to go wrong in this situation here because it was so easy to catch those two strike guys. They put them both into the containment pod and they start acting super weird, super scary, and they start reacting and the containment pod does its job. That's great. It's good. Um, but they are turning into the crystal stuff and it's just filling up in that pod and just pressing out against the, the walls of that pod and they grow and they grow and Mac gives in to Sarge's demands. He's going to let Sarge go um, to learn that cold kills the kills that stuff dead. Now lore probably knew that cold kills crystals. My brain went there too. It did. <laughs> um, the crystalline entity, actually, my brain went there last episode. Yeah. Um, I actually called it the crystal entity uh, when we were talking about this stuff. Yeah. But yeah, um, it, do- it does remind me of that. Oh, it does. Absolutely, yeah. it does. But to be fair, most crystal things do. So if but, I was to see growing crystals, that's what I would think of. And and also this is much grosser than that. Although that was just Very. as just as deadly. I mean, it killed everything. I would think that's more deadly. Honestly, if I'm if I'm ranking crystalline crystalline entities that are deadly, that one is probably the Star Trek one is probably higher uh, than this one. Maybe. I mean, this this one has destroyed planets. That's true. And, and that just one left, did too. Left, left a burned out husk in its wake. But it's, you know, I think the case could be made. So that's when everyone's asking, what do we do next? What do we do next? And they look to Sarge, who then speaks the title of the episode. Right. And. And let's see if your brain went here, too. Um, Probably not. So (laughs) when he does this, he says, told you, right? Uh Uh-huh. That's that's the title of the episode. And my brain hears a little cup that has a chip in it from Beauty and the Beast. And he goes, see, I told you. That's what my brain does for like an hour. Yeah. Okay. So that's the end of our episode. And – I was just looking at our feedback here and we got feedback from agent Dylan who is well known for his hashtag in his signing off. But agent Dylan writes in and says, agents, I don't trust Eisel. In fact, I think she's killer Shrike. <gasps> I'm just saying if she starts using an earth alias along the lines of Simone Maddox, which is killer Shrike from the comics. So, oh, is the whole is the whole Shrike thing a comic thing? Killer Shrike is a character from the comics. It is not like this at all. Like, okay, the the MCUing here is is not actually a grounding of the character, but a 
cosmic amplification of craziness of, of the character. And, and it's not really, it's from what I can tell, it's not even, unless they do something in the future here with this character, um, it's not. They're just using the name Shrike. Okay. Which we, we've talked about this, I think. Uh, a Shrike is a bird that will catch bugs and impale them on spikes, on, on thorns, on um, barbed wire even, um, and, and leave them there uh, to die and then to eat later, which the, the crystalline stuff does that. It, it, the people get impaled on this crystalline uh, stuff as well. But um, it's also, and I think I talked about this too, the, the primary anti-protagonist, I guess, but it's a creature in a series of books called uh, Hyperion and Rise of Hyperion, no, Fall of Hyperion. And then there's also Endymion and either Rise or Fall of Endymion. I can't remember, but it's a four book series. And the Shrike is uh, what you think is an evil creature, um, but may be beyond good and evil. And, and there's a a tree of thorns that people get impaled on. It's, it's a pretty brutal sci-fi book in a lot of ways, but it's also a really, really well-written series. And, but that's where my mind goes with Shrike. And then there is killer Shrike in the comics. So that's well, a little, little background there, but Bravo to you, agent Dylan, you and I, same we wavelength think like a lot. Yeah. We think of like a lot. Same wavelength. And I don't think that's the first time I've ever said that either. So bravo to you, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. So Agent Dillon, I'm sorry. <laughs> the other thing we have going on is that uh, we did get a review from uh, Australia. <gasps> Yay. Yeah. From Magic 10. And so Magic 10, thank you so much for your review. Thank you so much for the stars that you gave your review and appreciate that quite a bit. I think that's our episode then. Sounds like it. Any final words before we close this out? Just wanted to thank all the Patreon subscribers and everybody who listens. And thank you, everybody. I would echo that as well. And the other thing I would like to just say is just give you a little bit of encouragement as you are considering, you know, doing something that maybe no one's ever done. Okay. And like, like the podcast you want to do, you need to do the podcast that you want to do because we need, we need your voice out there. You've got something to say. You see, the thing about innovators is I don't know if they're born or if they become, but it's usually stuff that the herd isn't ready for. So sometimes you just got to surf that paradigm shift. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 you can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember, the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is the light fantastic by JS Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the noodle mix network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. 
Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. So, hey, uh, Stuart, remember how we talked about how tag scenes and post-credit scenes <laughs> should be, like, pushing people to what's something, the next thing coming, uh-huh. what's, what's coming? Um, can I use that to do a little more self-promotion? I'm, I promise I'm not going to do this very often, but well, it's relevant it, it, to interest. I mean, it is relevant. To, I was actually – I actually started listening to this thing that we're going to talk about, and I was thinking, you know, this is really relevant to the listeners of the Welcome to Level 7 shows. Yeah, so Supersonic Pod Comics, it's out. We've it is. got – We've got a preview episode. We've got an actual first episode, and we have the first episode of one of our four rotating series has been released. And and I'm saying this as not somewhat. I mean, it's very good. It is very good, Thanks. and it's well written <laughs> and it's well produced. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. Believe me. I've listened to a lot of podcasts and you can tell the well-produced ones and you can tell the not so well-produced ones. And this one is well-produced. It's well-written um, and you should all go listen to it. Well, and, and the reason why you should listen to it that makes it relevant to your interests is that it is a superhero universe. It's brand yes. new superhero universe, brand new stories, brand new characters. I mean, obviously there'll be tropes and there'll be some cliches and yeah. there'll be things like that that get addressed. Um, but the episodes that are out right now, as we are speaking there, there's going to be new episodes every week, but as you and I are speaking right now, there is a 10 to 15 minute preview episode that we used actually just as a proof of concept. Um, but mm-hmm. that is part of the universe and is setting up some stuff that we have going on, uh, later on in season one and possibly season two. And then our actual origin episode is called origin. And that's the first proper episode of, of the universe of the series of everything. And it just sets up um, kind of the inciting incident for season one. And then The Mark, which is a story about Toby Kane, who doesn't have powers unless you include that, well, he has the power to give people powers. And and so he has a partner and they go and they fight crime and things come up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it's, I mean, we're Ben's being a little bit... Um, caged or guarded about it because he doesn't want to give away a lot of the 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 things that make this really special which can only be done in an audio format like i'm not sure i'd read this but i definitely listen to it if that makes any sense yeah you listen to a lot of stuff right i mean you, you said that but you yeah but i mean i i'm not sure i if i was walking the comic aisles i'd be like oh Let's pick this one out. I mean, I would because that has your name on it for sure, but I'm not sure I would do it otherwise. Right. But I think I, I do enjoy audio drama and I have listened to a few audio dramas type type of things. And this definitely falls into that category. Well, it also helps. This is a kind of a passive medium in that Mm -hmm. podcasting, generally speaking, is free and Mm -hmm. it comes to you. 
Like if you mm-hmm. hit subscribe, you're just they're going to come into your feed. And, and you know, comic books aren't that way. Unless you no. are subscribing and it's coming to your mailbox, um, you're going out and getting them, and and you're you're browsing. Or if you don't have time to get out there, like if you miss three weeks of new comics, you might miss something being on the shelf that you wanted. And uh, but this is not like that at all. So it is free. And- it is out there, and there is. We do have a Patreon page for other materials, but um, I do want to say, though, that while I this is some stuff that I'm working on, that is also not the reason why we haven't had Welcome to Level 7 episodes, because that has happened because our schedules just have not lined up and it just it's busy season and it's been funky. Um, And honestly, I think summer is busier than Christmas. It is to be completely honest. It is because for, for my line of work, summer is busier than Christmas. And, um, we just, you were, yeah, summer is busier than Christmas. Yep. So the, that's not the reason why we haven't had new welcome to level seven episodes. Um, yeah, but, but although you might there. hear some similar voices, some f- familiar voices. Yes. Yes. There are, there are tidbits. If you listen to any of my podcasts, there are going to be things that only you can appreciate. I think. <laughs> I think. Now you have to go listen to all of the back catalog of Strangers and Aliens. Welcome to Level Seven. Not that deep. It's it's when I say that. No, it's not that deep. No, no, no. Okay, but that's it. So. Yes. Yeah, supersonicpodcomics.com. You can go and listen to the website there or just do a search for supersonic pod comics. Three words. Supersonic is one word. Pod is another. Comics is another. And it and it shows up in all of the, you know, all of the podcatchers out there. So um I the, found it in the ones that I know about anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I mean, but it shows up in Apple, it shows up in downstream, it shows up in I mean and if there's it, it one. It should be up on Spotify as well. And yeah. And Stitcher, I believe, as well. And yeah, it should be all out there. So, all right. Go listen. That's that. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you. See you later. Well, we don't use video, so talk to you later. (laughs)